This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Thursday the 7th of January. In your Squiz today, China blocks COVID-19 investigators, the latest in US politics, Julian Assange's bail bid has been denied, and Bean Dad explained. This is your Squiz today. It's now been more than a year since we first heard about a new disease spreading in the city of Wuhan in China. We're no closer to knowing how the virus originated, though, and the World Health Organization's investigation team has hit another speed bump, Claire. They're not allowed into China. They haven't had their visas approved by China, and that comes despite uh, a long set of negotiation between the World Health Organization and China to get those 10 investigators into the country to undertake a scientific study that will look at the origin of the coronavirus. But it'll also take a look, this inquiry, into how China handled those early days and what was done to prevent the spread, because, of course, it's been an international pandemic. It's been devastating across the world and we're still dealing with it. In a pretty rare rebuke of China, the World Health Organization boss, Dr. Tedros, said he was very disappointed that officials have not been allowed into the country. A big concern here is that we may never actually get to the truth of how the pandemic started. And that's what critics, including the United States, have said that we need to prepare for, that China's role in the inquiry means that it won't actually ever get to the truth, even when investigators are allowed in. Of course, there's lots of scepticism about how China handled it in the early days and how transparent and free they will be with those investigations. Australia's Foreign Minister Maurice Payne has said that she hopes China will get on with it because the investigation will help equip us for the next pandemic. Australia was one of the first to advocate for an independent and transparent inquiry into the origins of coronavirus back in April. And that, of course, has come at a big cost to our relationship with China. Jumping over to the US now, a few things going on. First up, a joint sitting of Congress, so both the House and the Senate, are settling in for hours of debate over confirming the Electoral College votes, something that's usually a formality. Usually a formality, but these are fairly unusual (laughs) Unusual times (laughs) as um, President Donald Trump continues to dispute that election result. He's taken to pressuring Vice President Mike Pence. He presides over that joint session and what Trump wants Pence to do is to intervene in the process. Uh, He's even tweeting at him to do it. So it's really interesting scenes and there'll be lots of people who are uh, following this, watching that session in a way that they probably wouldn't have done in previous elections Mm. because, as you say, it's just a formality in past elections. Analysts say the bid is almost certain to fail, but still plenty of eyes on what's happening there today. Covering off the results so far in the Georgia state runoff Senate election, two extremely close races, Claire, one has been declared. Yeah, that's the race between incumbent Republican Kelly Loafer. Uh, she has gone down to Pastor Raphael Warnock. He has won that by just 0.6% of the vote. That result has been declared. Uh, the second race, though, is still to be decided. It's very close, though, and it looks like the Democrats are going to get their nose in front in that one. 
It is a historic win for Raphael Warnock. He becomes the first African-American Democratic senator from a former Confederate state, standing by for the results of that second race between Republican David Perdue and Democrat John Ossoff. An update on another big story this week. A UK court has denied Julian Assange's request for bail over fears he would abscond. He does have form in this area, Claire. (laughs) He does have form. Prosecutors didn't have to argue too hard that uh, he may flee bail, as he has done before, of course, when he did that the last time he landed in the Ecuadorian embassy in London for more than seven years until they booted him out in April 2019. What the the judge said is that while the US is looking to appeal their extradition case uh, against Assange, he needs to be in authorities' hands. Assange's team say they will appeal against the bail decision. They've also again called on America to drop the charges against him. Over to Hong Kong now, and squizzers might remember that it was back in June that Beijing imposed new national security laws onto Hong Kong, effectively putting an end to that semi-autonomous rule that they'd enjoyed under the one country, two systems model. 53 pro-democracy activists and politicians have now been arrested under those laws. They're a group of activists, academics, uh, there's even a US lawyer, but also politicians who took part in primary elections back in July. What they were trying to do was to identify popular pro-democracy candidates to stand in the Territory's Legislative Assembly elections. Those elections were due to take place in September last year, but they didn't go ahead, authorities say, because of the coronavirus. So this is a really big crackdown and what uh, people who are concerned about the direction this is heading in say is that it's just another mark that China really has taken democracy away from the city. Those that are arrested could face a potential life sentence. Back home and Australian Border Force and Police are working to restore order at the Christmas Island Immigration Detention Centre. A small group of detainees have set fire to two out of the three compounds. Refugee advocates say that tensions have been building on Christmas Island in recent weeks. What's at the heart of it are conditions at that centre. Those who are in detention have been complaining about things like the price of cigarettes all the way through to the isolation and mobile phone reception. Apparently that's fairly poor. Uh, Also, of course, processes there have been uh, affected by the coronavirus, which means that they're more isolated uh, just in their day-to-day lives at the centre. So what's happened is apparently a small group, as you say, have set fire uh, to some of those compounds and the border force authorities are sending help there to try and get it under control. A new study has shown that Australian wildlife are actually 20 times more likely to encounter a feral cat than a native predator, and those feral cats continue to kill billions of native animals in a year. Feral cats are a real problem for our native wildlife. Uh, Of course, there's things being done already, and there's going to be a new strategy released later this year about protecting our threatened species. But cats uh, certainly continue to be a big problem, in fact, Uh, our wildlife are 20 times more likely to encounter a feral cat than a native predator. And that's a real issue, of course, to keep our protected species safe. It really makes you look at cats in a different light when you see those sorts of numbers. Oh, yeah, they're killing machines. They're not (laughs) whiskers isn't all that cute. (laughs) 
And if you've seen the phrase bean dad floating around the internet this week and wondered what on earth it was about, I know that was me. We've got you covered this morning. It involves a can opener, a hungry nine-year-old and a dad that likes to live tweet what he calls teachable moments. Take it away, Claire. Look, speaking of cats and cute cats, I came across this when I saw something on Twitter of a picture of a cat with a can opener sitting in front of it. And the comment was, you know, she can't eat until she works it out. And that's exactly what this dad did. His nine-year-old had to work out how to use a tin opener on her own uh, before she was able to get the baked beans that she wanted. And he took to social media quite proudly to explain that teachable moment. But the social media audience certainly had different views about that approach. Took her six hours to work it out, so neither of them ate for six hours. So uh, it was a very long, <laughs> teachable moment. <laughs> oh, dear, the internet. If you are after a few of the quirkier or lighter news stories, we've got you covered in the Apropos of Nothing section in the Squiz Today newsletter, as well as links to further reading for all the stories covered today. It was definitely a big news day. If you're not signed up, head to thesquiz.com.au. I'll put that link in your episode notes as well other than that have a good one and we'll be back with you tomorrow the squiz is a free weekday email and podcast where your shortcut to being informed sign up at thesquiz.com.au a quick message now from our podcast partner bhp across the next couple of weeks we'll be talking to squizzers about bhp and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition at the start of the podcast you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles wind turbines and solar panels so when it comes to producing it reducing emissions is a priority and that's why bhp is making solar wind and battery deals to help power their south australian olympic dam copper mine. It's happening now at BHP.